Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi guys, happy Wednesday. Welcome back to another episode of Killer Instinct. If you are new here, hi, my name is Savannah and I am your host of Killer Instinct. Make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button. That way you are always notified every single time we post an episode. We post weekly here on Killer Instinct every Wednesday and you are not going to want to miss it. I do want to point out before we get started with today's episode that this will be the last episode of 2019. There will not be an episode next week or the week after. After. So I will be seeing you guys in 2020. That is absolutely crazy to think about, but I am so excited for the new year and I hope you guys are as well. We are ending it with one of the most requested cases that I get. And as you can tell by the title of today's episode, we are talking about the solved case of Emma Walker. Emma's life was taken from her when she was only 16 years old on November 21st, 2016 in Knoxville, Tennessee. So let's just jump right on into it. So Emma Walker was born to her parents, Mark and Jill Walker, on March 20th, 2000. She had a brother named Evan and her family lived in Knoxville, Tennessee. Emma attended Central High School and was a part of the cheerleading team. According to her friends and parents, she was well-liked by everyone in the school. She didn't have any known enemies and she was really your all-american girl is the best way to describe her she was extremely compassionate and driven she was everyone's friend she always was so nice to everyone that she met People who knew her described her as a leader, and she dreamed of either being a NICU nurse or a vet as a young girl growing up. And then as she started to grow up a little bit and started to take her job more seriously as to what she wanted to do in her life, she started leaning more towards becoming a NICU nurse. And if you don't know what a NICU nurse stands for, it basically is the neonatal intensive care unit where infant newborns stay at the hospital or any newborns that need just a little bit of extra care, they will all go to the NICU. So that really is what Emma wanted to do. And I think that just really embodies who she was as a person. She really just cared about people and wanted everyone to be okay. And she was always looking out for other people. So when Emma was a sophomore in high school, she started dating a football player who went to her school. He also went to Central and his name is William Riley Gowell. So Riley is the name that he went by and Riley was two years older than Emma. So when she was a sophomore, he was a senior in high school and et cetera, et cetera. 
So his friends described him as more of a jokester and a nerd and not the typical jock football player, kind of the image that you have in your head when you think of a high school football player, jock. Everyone said that he wasn't really like that. He liked to play video games. He excelled in all of his classes and he played a wide receiver on the football team. Um, If you know football, then maybe you know what that means. I personally do not know football, so that means honestly nothing to me, but that is the position that he played on the football team. So when Emma and Riley started dating, the two of them seemed to have a really great relationship. Emma was constantly posting on social media pictures of her and Riley saying how in love with him she was and look how lucky I am. And she really painted the picture as them having the perfect relationship. And on the outside, it looks like they were the all-American couple. It just is what every story you ever hear about high school relationships tells you. You have the cheerleader dating the football player. It's pretty classic high school. I feel like every high school had someone like that. I can think of some that I went to high school with who are the same. So I know that the cheerleader and the football player, they always somehow come together. So that was really Emma and Riley. And on the outside, it looked like their relationship was absolutely perfect. And Emma's parents thought that Riley seemed very nice and respectful. He would come over to Emma's house and talk with her parents and everyone really saw him as the boy next door. So same with Emma's friends. When the two of them got together, when Emma and Riley got together, Emma's friends just kind of pinned Riley as being a little more on the shy side because he wasn't very talkative with them. He didn't seem very interested in getting to know Emma's friends. So they kind of thought at first, oh, maybe he's just a little shy. But over time, it became clear to Emma's friends that Riley's behavior was a little bit more extreme and they started becoming a little bit more concerned about Riley. So Riley started becoming a little bit controlling over Emma. He didn't want her doing certain things or hanging out with certain people and his possessiveness over her was really starting to show. So much so that Emma's parents really started picking up on some red flags of their own. Emma told her parents that Riley would wait outside Emma's job at the supermarket. So Emma worked at the supermarket and she told her parents that Riley would wait outside her job for hours waiting for her to come out and waiting for her to be done. He would just sit outside, park his car, and wait there for hours, making sure she wouldn't leave and waiting for her to get off work. He also started controlling what she could and couldn't wear in a it just seemed like this relationship was heading in a direction that really wasn't healthy. So when Riley graduated high school and went off to college, he actually went to Maryville College to play football, and this was in Maryville, Tennessee, which is about a 25-minute drive from Knoxville. And Emma and Riley decided that they were going to stay together in their relationship. But this is when Emma's parents started to really put their foot down because they were starting to get really concerned watching their daughter change into this unhappy person. They just noticed that Emma's behavior was completely changing. She was isolating herself from everyone and she just wasn't the happy and bubbly girl that they knew. So they really started to put their foot down and got into the middle of this relationship. And it really was for a good cause because Riley and Emma would constantly argue and they were really well known to break up and make up all the time, which isn't uncommon in high school relationships. But parents' intuition just told Jill and Mark that they really needed to do something. So Emma's parents described Riley and Emma's arguments as very dramatic and they would either be over text messages or Snapchat and they tried taking Emma's phone away in hopes that it would cut off her communication from Riley but instead Riley went out and bought Emma an iPod touch so they could keep talking and Jill tried to even go to Riley's family to tell them like listen I think that you guys need to step in with Riley I'll step in with Emma and let's try to get them to not be together anymore the relationship is toxic but Riley's parents really didn't see a problem with it they didn't see any 
anything wrong with it and they decided to not really do anything about it. Which at the time, I feel like if you think about it, high school relationships are known to be extremely messy and can be very toxic sometimes. And it's hard to see the line of they're just kids and they need to figure it out on their own in order to learn and grow. And the other side of that line, which is this is dangerous and toxic and parents need to step in. I feel like sometimes with high school relationships, it's hard to find the middle ground in that and see clearly where that line is. So I'm sure that's where Riley's parents were coming from in that. But Emma's parents were definitely on the other side of that line at this point. And it's a good thing that they did and their efforts actually started to work because once Riley graduated and went off to college and in the fall of 2016, Emma was starting to pick up on how unhealthy this relationship was getting and she started distancing herself from Riley and spending more time with her family and friends. And Emma actually finally broke up with Riley for good in October of 2016. Riley did not take this well at all. Although he started calling Emma off unknown and blocked numbers in hopes that she would answer. He would send her threatening text messages and he staged his own suicide and staged his own kidnapping. Yes, he staged his own kidnapping and we're going to get into that. So Emma was having a sleepover at her friend's house and she was getting really strange text messages from an unknown number. And these texts said things like, come outside alone if you don't want to see a loved one get hurt and go to your car with your keys, go alone. And I've got someone you love. If you don't comply, I will hurt them. And Emma was really, really getting freaked out over this text and rightfully so. But at this sleepover, two mutual friends of Emma and Riley ended up showing up to the sleepover that Emma was at to hang out with Emma and her friends. And one of these boys was named Zach. And Emma ended up pulling Zach aside at the sleepover and was telling him about all of the weird text messages that she was getting. And Zach said, you know, it's probably just someone messing with you. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. But then Emma and Zach looked outside and they saw a figure laying in the ground at the end of the driveway of the house that they were at. So the two of them walked outside together and that is when they saw a body lying face down in a ditch near the house and once they got closer to it they were able to see that the body was Riley. So Emma and Zach shake Riley and try to wake him up and when he gets up he has this confused look on his face and he's saying I don't know what happened. I don't know how I got here. I've been kidnapped. Where am I? And while he's saying that he's holding his head almost like to act that he's been hit in the head with something and the whole thing was just extremely bizarre and Emma was super uncomfortable with the whole thing and told Riley to leave her alone because they had just broken up. Because here's the thing, Riley was telling her I've been kidnapped. These people kidnapped me once he had gotten up out of this ditch and that's when Emma and Zach told Riley you know call the police file a police report and Riley was like no I'm not going to do that I'm not going to do that and he ended up walking off in the opposite direction and that is when Riley called one of his friends who also told him you need to file a police report if you're saying that you've gotten kidnapped and Riley refused to do it he said absolutely not and that he was just really really upset over the whole situation so the following day Emma was back home by herself. So she was at her house by herself and she was texting her friends frantically because she looked out her window and saw a man dressed in all black that had been walking up and down her street and then appeared at her door and continuously rang her doorbell. So this freaked Emma out and she got so scared that she ended up texting Riley and she texted Riley saying, I hate you, but I need you right now. 
Riley responded almost immediately saying, quote, I'm coming, dot, 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 I'm speeding, just give me a minute, end quote. Emma was originally planning on meeting up with her mom this particular morning, but when Emma never showed up to where they were supposed to meet at, Jill ended up going back to her house to make sure Emma was okay and found Emma and Riley in the front yard after Riley had gone over to their house after Emma had texted him that she needed him. Jill seeing Emma and Riley together in their front yard made her really angry because she knew that both Riley and Emma were aware of the fact that Riley was not supposed to be over at the Walker household. Jill had told Emma, Jill and Mark had told Emma that they did not want Riley coming back to their house, so seeing him there really made Jill upset. So Jill told Riley he needed to leave, which he ended up leaving, and Emma was still convinced that whoever was dressed in all black was either a burglar or a stalker, but Jill wasn't quite on the same page that Emma was on. Jill was pretty convinced that the person that Emma saw walking up and down the street was in fact Riley himself. Jill told Emma how odd she found the whole situation, but Emma was adamant that it wasn't Riley. I do want to point out that I personally think it's interesting that he wrote in the text, he decided to write in the text, I'm speeding, because that way it makes it look like he got there really, really quick. So it's not weird if he just automatically shows up really soon instead of the normal amount of time it would take him to get there. So I think it's pretty interesting that he decided to say that in the text as well. And after this incident, Jill and Mark were now worried for Emma's safety, so much so that they ended up following her to work, following her back home from work, and were just worried parents and wanted to make sure Emma was safe at all times. So let's talk about November 20th, 2016. So this was a Sunday night, and it seemed to be a relatively normal night at the Walker family household. So Emma was working on her homework assignments and texting with her friends, and she went to bed a little after midnight on the 21st of November. So Jill was the one who typically woke Emma up every single morning for school. So a little bit after 6 a.m. on the morning of the 21st, she went over to Emma's room and tried waking her up. She called out Emma's name, she tried bumping her leg, but Emma didn't wake up. And this is when Jill immediately realized something was wrong, and she tried checking for a pulse on Emma, but wasn't able to find anything. That is when she decided that it, she needed to call 911. So the Knox County Sheriff's Department ended up coming up to Emma's house, and that is where Emma was unfortunately pronounced dead. Okay, we're going to take a short break, but we will be right back with more of the Killer Instinct podcast. Imagine an app designed to make you use it less. Seems a little counterproductive, right? Well, Apartments.com's Instant Alert feature works exactly that way. Instead of scanning rental listings a million times a day, simply set and forget your search to whatever you're looking for in a place and let Apartments.com do the rest. From pet-friendly apartments to balconies to in-unit ACs, Apartments.com's powerful search tools let you know when the perfect combination of features you're seeking is listed. So you don't have to power through rental descriptions one by one. With more rental listings than anywhere else, Apartments Apartments.com's instant alerts mean that you can spend less time looking for the perfect place and more time on just doing you. Apartments.com, the place to find a place. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. 
Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. All right, you guys, welcome back. So the sheriff's deputy named Nikki Buelis, and I might be butchering that. I apologize if I am. She was also the lead technician on this case, and she said that when the call first came in, they labeled this as a possible suicide. But when Nikki got into the Walker family home and started doing photographs on the outside of the home and then made her way onto the inside of the home and walked into Emma's bedroom, she noticed what looked like a bullet hole in the wall of Emma's bedroom. And when Lieutenant Alan Merritt arrived on the scene, he also saw the possible bullet hole and he also found two shell casings outside of the home so he knew at least two shots had been fired and that is when this was no longer ruled a possible suicide because how would emma be found dead in her bed but there are two shell casings outside of the house outside of her room window After Emma's body was examined, it was ruled that her cause of death was from a gunshot wound to the head after two bullets had been fired into her bedroom from the outside of her single-story house that she and her family lived in. One bullet had hit her behind her left ear, and the second had been shot into her pillow. And when police started talking to people who knew Emma, they said that one name in particular kept coming up in conversation, and that name was Riley Gowell. When police started looking into Riley's social media accounts, they saw that he had posted a series of tweets and Facebook posts about Emma's passing. In one tweet, he wrote, quote, rest easy now, sweetheart. I love you forever and always, end quote. So here's when things start to unravel with Riley. So one of Riley's friends named Alex McCarty came forward to police and said that Riley had told him the night after his alleged kidnapping that he was so fearful for his life that he had stolen his grandfather's gun and showed the gun, physically showed the gun to Alex. He said that he was wasn't going to harm himself and that he was the farthest thing from suicidal, but he was so scared of these people who were out to get him and who were also out to get Emma. Now, there's no really clarification on A, who these people are, or B, if there were any people out there even coming after him to begin with, or if this was all just more so to get attention on himself. But detectives brought Riley in for questioning the same day as Emma's death and asked him about his whereabouts over the last 72 hours. And that is when Riley said that he thought... Yeah, he thought he spent Friday night at his friend Noah Walton's house. He also referred to Emma as the girl over the course of his two-hour interrogation. He never once referred to Emma by name. Riley told police that the whole weekend he had been trying to speak with, quote, the girl, but she wouldn't engage with him. He said that Sunday night he drove back to his college after being at his grandparents' house and he cried for two or three hours in his car over the breakup. Detectives also asked Riley about the gun, but he told them that he didn't know where the gun was. He denied showing the gun to Alex, and Riley denied ever having anything to do with Emma's death at all. When he left the sheriff's department, Riley texted Alex asking him why he would ever tell the police about the gun. And this is when police decided to team up with Riley's friends Alex and Noah, and they ended up laying a trap for Riley. So just one night after Emma's murder, detectives wired up Alex and Noah with microphones, a transmitter, and a hidden video camera. Alex and Noah met up with Riley after they invited him over to play video games and hoped to 
to get more information out of him, but Riley denied murdering Emma and tried to get his friends to tell authorities that they were on LSD and alcohol when they spoke to the police and they didn't have accurate information, so it made Riley look better. So basically trying to retract the statements that they made to the police earlier about seeing Riley's gun. But the three of them then went to Riley's grandfather's house. So Riley, Alex, and Noah got in the car and went to Riley's grandfather's house. And Riley went into the house, got the gun, and brought it out to the car. And the plan was to dispose of it and throw it in the Tennessee River. Riley ended up showing Alex and Noah the gun. And that's when the two of them used the code word that they had agreed upon with the police who were waiting on standby. And once Alex and Noah said this code word because they had physically seen the gun at that point, the cops arrived on scene and arrested Riley, who was completely thrown off guard. After being arrested, Riley was charged with first-degree murder, stalking, theft, reckless endangerment, and in being in possession of a firearm during a dangerous felony. And Riley Gowell has been sentenced to life in prison. The defense for Riley stated in trial that Riley's motive was never to actually kill Emma. Instead, he only wanted to scare her with his gunshots, and that way she would come crawling back to him, kind of similarly in the way that she crawled back to him after she saw a man dressed in all black walking up and down her street and coming over and ringing her doorbell. Because once Emma got scared, she reached out to Riley. So Riley's defense was that was what his hope was in this situation, that she would hear gunshots outside of her house and that would make her come crawling back to him. But instead, it ended up doing the opposite and ended up killing her. At Riley's sentencing, he actually did get up and apologize to the family. Not like that even matters, but I think it's important to note. He said that he was sorry for taking Emma away from her family and that he thinks about Emma every day and how much he loves her and that he never meant to hurt her. But Jill, Emma's mom, got up on the stand and told Riley directly that he is not her hero. And I think after seeing the obsessive and possessive behavior that Riley has, that probably really hurt hurt him, rightfully so. It should, and no one should care. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that how you should and shouldn't feel, but if you look at it in hindsight, I don't think that him feeling bad is a bad thing here. Riley won't have the possibility of parole until he's 71 years old, so he's going to be in jail for a very, very, very long time, and Emma's family wants her life to be remembered and want who she was, and her personality to be remembered more so than the tragedy that ended up taking her life and what it was caused by. And that, my friends, is the case of Emma Walker. So even though this is a solved case, I still love hearing your guys' opinions about it. So make sure you tweet me or you can DM me on Instagram or you can email me. My email is killerinstinctpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that is killerinstinctpodcast at gmail.com. And with that being said, you guys, that is going to be all from me today. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of Killer Instinct. It's so crazy to say, I will see you next year. I'm going to be that person. I will see you next year. It's just going to be two weeks you guys it's okay but in that meantime i hope you guys have a fantastic holiday be so 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 safe and i can't wait to kick off the new year with you so see you in a few guys stay safe